Welcome to the Cork Creative Podcast. With this podcast, we hope to promote local creative businesses and people. I am your host, Geraldine Hennessy from Flux Learning, and today I am joined by stylist Michelle Coughlin in the fishingly stylish mixed co-working in Clannacilty. After studying in the London College of Fashion, Michelle became a fashion buyer for a large retailer. She then moved to the US and fashioned a career as a fashion stylist, where she worked with well-known international brands such as Reebok and Timberland. After starting a family, Michelle returned to Ireland and created her own fully encompassing styling business, where she provides brands with a tailored service of art direction, styling and photography for projects ranging from fashion to food and interiors. She creates stunning images that capture the essence of her clients and their stories. Michelle also provides personal styling, drawing on her extensive knowledge of the fashion industry to ensure her clients look and feel their best. In this episode, we discuss her path to becoming a stylist, working in the US and the return home to Ireland, the importance of networking, the different facets of her work and her future plans. You're very welcome to Cork Creation, Michelle. Thanks for having me on here, Geraldine. Tell us a little about your background and how did you become a stylist? Well, I suppose my love for fashion began from a really young age. I remember like countless um, outfit changes as a child. My mother would kill me. I'd be dragging boxes out of the attic and it was like shorts in winter. It didn't matter as long as I had it like three or four outfit changes a day. (laughs) And then I remember like matching colors of mom and like planning her own outfits. And it was kind of that era of like, you know, power dressing and, you know, the shoulder pads Um. and, you know, the kind of one tone suit. And it was just I loved it all. But then, you know, you get into school and as I approach leaving cert, I realized there wasn't really any like fashion degrees available. Mm. And I was like, what am I going to do? And I just went with like languages in UCC. And I got a part time job in A-Word. Do you remember A-Word? Oh, my God. Loved it. Love a Yeah, yeah. Everyone still reminisces on it. Like it was just great price point, great yeah. quality. Yeah. So got a job there and I loved it. Trained in visual merchandising and window dressing. Mm-hmm. And then a did a collaboration with Irish designer Peter O'Brien. And I got to go to head office as, you know, represent Cork branch and meet him and meet all the buying team. And then oh, I kind cool. of, yeah. And then I realized <laughs> How many different jobs there were available in mm-hmm. fashion, you know, not just retail, but I kind of really wanted to pursue the buying side of things. Mm. But Ireland didn't offer like fashion buying degree at the time. So I saw London College of Fashion had one mm-hmm. buying and merchandising. Of course, told mom and dad that I wanted to change from UCC oh. to go study fashion. And they were like, absolutely not. But then I convinced them if I got a place because it was an interview based degree. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I secure a place, will you let me go? So off I went on like that early Ryanair flight. Oh, gee, Chris. Yeah, with yeah. the like mood board tucked under my arm because that was part of yeah. your interview and did the presentation. Loved like where it was. It was like in the middle of Oxford Circus. Yeah. So like surrounded by all the like big, big flagship stores. But then anyway, I secured a place and, you know, transitioned like that September, went and moved, you know, up sticks to London. And it was an amazing place to study. Mm-hmm. All the lecturers were from industry. So they either were buyers or merchandisers mm-hmm. and some were still working part time in the okay, industry. Yeah. So like all your projects, everything was just really like new information. And then I worked part time in Selfridges, you know, London's like 
one of their largest department stores. Mm. And then on the weekends or like, you know, when I used to come home at Christmas and summer, I worked here locally with Mary O'Regan and Susan. Yes. Yeah. Who like is now a client of mine. Isn't it gas? Yeah. yeah so yeah. kind of like came full circle. Yeah. So my next like proper job then was with John Store's buying office. Okay. I got a fashion buying uh, job there with the Savita buying team. And that was a really steep learning curve. I was there four years and mm. it was amazing to see how a garment, you know, goes from being designed right to the shop floor. Mm-hmm. And it was all like dealing with, you know, critical paths with your suppliers in the Far East and Europe and, you know, constant fit checks. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that's where I honed my eye for detail. Mm-hmm. You're constantly checking what could be wrong. Do, are those buttons, the buttons we approved on the last sample? You know, is the stitching correct because you're approving huge shipments? Yes. Yeah. And it's all like, you know, based on what sample you, mm. you approved. So that was an amazing experience. And I also got to assist on their kind of seasonal campaigns, photo shoots. So that's where I kind of saw the role of a stylist. Mm. And I was like, that, that's a really cool job. And mm. I suppose very different because they're generally freelance. So they're mm. working for, you know, a different brand every week. Mm. And then Paul, my husband, got offered mm. a transfer to the States. And it's so rare now, like people go to Canada or Australia, mm. but an opportunity to go to the States doesn't come up a lot. Mm. So we knew we had to go. We would no ties, no babies yet, mm. newly married. Although a lot of people were like, did you marry just for the visa? I know. <laughs> <laughs> so off we went. And I remember we arrived. It was like a Saturday in May and the weather was just getting warm. And Paul was straight into work come mm. the Monday. And I was like. I had three months to wait for a work permit. Mm. I was like, I have a summer off in Boston. It's going to be amazing. But like after day three or four, I was so bored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what will I do? I went to yoga a lot in the city. Yeah. Tried to like be like, hi, you know, but everyone's just getting to their next thing. Mm -mm. And I remember like making fresh pasta at like 11 a.m. on a Tuesday morning. Nearly lost my finger on the like hand blender. And I was like, I really miss home I miss my career I Mm. was like what have I done here and then I was talking to home obviously and dad was like you should really connect with my friend Donny O'Leary from Clan they grew up on the same street and I met with Donald and he was like you know what would you like to do and I was telling him about my experience in fashion so far and I was like I'd love to try styling and he was like I have the contact for you so he knew a lady called Marin Roseman and she's got her own agency in Boston and she represents about 80 hair and makeup artists, um, fashion stylists, mm. all for commercial shoots mm. and working everywhere from New York to New Hampshire, mm. like for all the big brands. So it was the like the really bad uh, snowfall in Boston, their heaviest mm. in years. So all of our meetings kept getting rescheduled and I was dying to meet this woman, mm. you know, but eventually we met and I remember I was getting a taxi out there and we were just stalled for so long because of the snow and like the fare was going up and up. And oh, I was like, gosh. it doesn't matter. I, don't care. I think it was about $80 <laughs> or something. I was like, I better get this gig, you know, yeah, yeah, offset this cost. But I met her and she was so lovely and warm and obviously having a shared connection mm. was great. And she said, I have one question. Do you like steaming clothes, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I'll do anything. You know, I was just so eager to get started on something again. So anyway, she was just an amazing matchmaker. And my first job was a really funny story. 
I am like an hour outside of Boston. Mm. Like I'd never really driven in the States. And my biggest worry was actually trying to get to the job in one piece. Yeah. And I had to merge onto this massive oh, highway. Gosh, yeah. And so I wasn't nervous about the job till I actually got to the car park. And I was like, oh, I have to go in and meet this whole new crew. Yeah. So I went in and the stylist that I was assisting, Kim was her name. And she was saying, oh, my husband's Irish. I was like, oh, lovely. Because everyone says that they've got an Irish connection yeah, in the States, yeah, you know. Yeah. But she'd forgotten her purse and her husband walks in and I hear his accent and he's like, you're from, you're from Ireland, are you? I said, yeah, can I kill? She goes, well, I'm from Timalik. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe it, Geraldine. I was like, oh it was, my God. It was just the nicest like, yeah. first day ever. And I was like, well, this is super. And I ended up knowing his sister-in-law, who was my beautician growing up in Oh Clan. my gosh. And that was the start of a great friendship with us. Mm. And we still meet them now back when they come home to Timalik. Yeah. Um, they come home about twice a year and it's like, we reminisce on our time in Boston and it's lovely to have a shared experience. Yeah. So I assisted a bunch of stylists then for, I suppose, the next year and a half. Mm. And those photo shoots opened up a whole world of styling. Mm. So it's not just styling models. You were, you know, assisting on food photography and interior photography. You'd be working like on brand campaigns for Reebok in New York or Converse, Timberland, uh, TK Maxx, all these big brands around the Boston mm -hmm. area. And I just really wanted to be the lead on these gigs, yeah. you know, but that involved building your portfolio. So every weekend, like I collabed with photographers, hair and makeup artists, budding models that just wanted to build their own portfolio. Mm -hmm. And we used to be on like, you know, Cape Cod shooting, like, you know, summer where it was just the best fun and a great way of networking. Yes. Yeah. And then you'd all of a sudden, if you know, you got on well with someone, you'd be hired mm. the following week on mm. like the job. And that was the nice thing about having the agency. Your work was secure for mm. like months out in advance as a freelancer, which is huge. Mm. So like having the, their backing was amazing. And then I built my book and I started getting my own gigs. And one that led me to like Florida styling like swimwear. I was like, I get paid to be on the beach. Oh my God. And you've seen part of the, like a new part of these states yeah, as well, yeah. you know. So it was just so diverse. And like you'd be, you know, styling for an insurance commercial mm. and you'd have to style a family of five, but also their home. Mm. So you'd be hiring like U-Hauls and like filling the whole thing, like including gosh. the treadmill, the Roy machine, like the requests that you'd get would be outlandish. Mm. And then the budgets were also massive, mm. you know, mm. but it was just like huge exposure. And yeah, like I went to New York, New York Fashion Week a ton then because it was so close. And like Paul, my husband, he's great. He's always saying, you'll never be as close to New York again. You got to yeah. go. And I had yeah. no ticket my yeah. first year. I was out with the media. They thought I was press. <laughs> and I was just trying to like get a ticket to get inside. But I was like, they're like, Gigi Hadid, all these models. I was calling them trying to get a little picture on my camera. Oh, you're so... In like minus 15, you know, yeah. and I was like, and they were all the media. They were like, are you going to Milk Studios for the press party? I was like, oh, no, but I'll have a great time. <laughs> But the following like year, I suppose I had then, you know, my book and everything. And when I approached brands for a ticket to the fashion week, I got in. Oh, super. But it was never as exciting again I because know. you were always thinking about what was on, going on inside those doors. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. it was just another queue. Yeah, I know. And then the show was over in seven minutes. Oh, but it was, it was fab. And I attended every one. Yeah, the States was amazing. The neighbors thought I had a shopping addiction because there was constant bags coming in and out of the car. 
and you know boxes and then returns that was a part of the job I hated and I suppose then you got to hire assistants to do that Mm. because you're and I remember Kim said that like she had a friend of Ted's come over from Clannacilty and the two lads did a return because they, they got away with it with the Irish accent. Oh, my God. All gosh. the salespeople in the shop were like, oh, no problem, honey. You That's know? so yeah. funny. So that was a, a part that, you know, wasn't so good. But I knew a prop stylist who had a massive warehouse there. And she used to say that, like, you know, their wedding vows with her husband was to have and to hold, to load and unload. Oh, because geez. Yeah, that's, yeah. it was so much schlepping yeah. of, of product, you know. One thing that was amazing in Boston their networking events. Mm. There was this event every month called Adhesive and Co. Sticking creatives together was the right. tagline. Yeah. And you'd go in and you'd literally put on a label, a sticker mm. on your on your shirt and you same stylist. And then you'd meet photographers. And I got so many jobs through that. And again, yeah. being Irish in Boston mm. was huge. They were like, mm. Michelle, you're great at what you do, but I could listen to you all day on set. That, you That's... know, it didn't didn't hurt. Yeah. Still styling was a massive part of what I did over there because companies don't have to pay for the model Mm. or the hair and makeup artist. So there's a lot of work in it. Mm. So you're styling like a shirt to make it look like that there's a body there. So Mm. you're using tissue paper and pins. You're putting it to a board or lying it flat. You could actually just create all day. It was really therapeutic actually type of work. And then you'd be building stacks. So I've actually also offered brands that side of things because obviously you know people are trying to get online but budgets aren't massive yeah so you don't have to go hiring the models it's Mm. a nice way to show your product without you know going to a ton of expense so yeah a lot of diverse styling going on in the states and then of course I had my first baby Isla Mm. there and everything changed I suppose we had bought a house we thought we were set in the states Mm. for a good few years anyway but I knew I wanted to raise my children with, you know, their grannies mm. and cousins back in Clannacilty. So we put the house up for sale and we were home before Paul because of work mm. and we were just back in COVID hit. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Lucky timing though, wasn't it? Oh my God. Yeah. So we moved home to West Cork and, you know, we were in the midst of COVID and I was kind of thinking about what I was going to do now, you know, mm having a small baby and not wanting to be away from her, but also wanting to continue on my passion for like creating. Mm. So I was thinking about how I could do all of that. Mm. And I started training up in photography and doing online courses. And I was in touch with photographer friends back in the States and they were advising me on what camera to get and lenses that would be, I suppose, versatile. Mm. To I suppose my thought was if I could offer clients the styling and the photography mm. and have the whole one stop shop mm. and I was like locally based, I wouldn't have to travel to studios in Cork and Dublin and mm. be away from my family. I could offer the whole package. Mm. So I used that time during COVID and I remember one of my first jobs was with a local distillery mm. and it's still one of my favourite images, one of the shots from mm. that campaign. So. I suppose I was looking down the lens for like years on set with photographers and they're setting up a shot and giving you a live feed Mm. and then you're setting the scene. So it's you're learning about photography Mm. all throughout Mm. the process as well. So, you know, I was familiar with a lot of it, but it was necessary to kind of train myself Mm. and get all the equipment. Mm. And yeah, so 
So I suppose being in set gave you the kind of basics, being around that exposure to photographers gave you the basics and you just kind of taught yourself the rest as such. Absolutely. The okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. Isn't it kind of funny though? It seems all the different connections and all, it's almost like it was almost meant to be, meant to be. wasn't it? Yeah. Like the way, like your dad knew, you know, that man, yeah. they knew this the perfect lady and then. It, it just seems all like it's a big circle that it was yeah. meant to be for you. Oh, yeah. big time journey. Mm-hmm. And like, again, it's just, it all comes back to who you know. Yeah. No matter where you go, mm. you know, even like business now, it's all through like word of mouth mm. and people's experience with mm. you. And even in the States, you know, there's so much work, but you have to be able to get on with who you're working mm. and work hard and make a good impression no mm. matter where you go, you know. But yeah, it was seven years there and it was the best time ever and yeah. you could work every, you could work on Sunday there mm. was so much opportunity okay so how does working in the US differ from working in Ireland I suppose it differs a lot but there's also similarities uh Geraldine obviously the sheer scale of projects and budgets mm. and there was just a never-ending supply of work in the states and I mm. had the backing of the agency so they chased every job they negotiated all of the fees mm. and chased all the money. And I suppose now that's all me. You know, mm. I market myself. I, you know, negotiate, you know, the different budgets and, you know, you really have to wear all of the hats. Mm. And like the crews on those photo shoots could be anything from like up to you know 30 people. You've even got just a guy holding the tether cord <laughs> for the photographer. Yeah. And very important job, mm. you know, but now I am like my art director, stylist, photographer. I've added videography because Mm. of, you know, reels becoming so important on social media. So, yeah, it's lovely to be able to, you know, take a project from concept Mm. to delivery Mm. and be in charge of every aspect. But you would sometimes miss the collaborative effort and that, you know, large team working with you. Mm. But my clients are great and they're great to get involved on the day. So that makes it a fun experience. And then I suppose the similarities of Ireland and the US, no matter where you go, I've learned it's all about who you know Mm. and the importance of networking Mm. and making that good impression and working really hard, Mm. you know, going Mm. out and doing your absolute best for your client. Okay, it doesn't matter where you go. That's always been, you know, important. So can you tell us about the different types of services that you offer? Yeah, so for brands coming to me that are looking for their photography for their website or their social media, I will come in and have a walkthrough with you and uh, hear about what you're looking for. Mm. And then I'll come back and I'll create, you know, the art direction for the photo shoot through mood boards. I'll send you a proposal and then following that sign off, if there's props required, I'll source them. On a lot of shoots, I use like to use like natural elements, mm. so like lots of greenery and flowers. Mm. And then I will, if the shoot is in my studio, if it's a product, I can do a lot in studio, but some are on location, which I love because I get to go out and meet local businesses and work with the team as mm. well. And they're also really excited about seeing how the whole process works. Mm. So I'll always, I'm a natural light photographer, mm. so I'll work with the light so we'll start in the room that you know gets the most light and work away around Mm. it's always I suppose going in and stripping back and then 
adding it and building it and adding the props. And I suppose once the scene is set, getting all the various shots required. So your kind of wider angle for your banners and then for social media, you're looking for more kind of uh, your square images mm. for your Instagram grid and then also kind of your more longer vertical shots for your real covers. So I suppose there's a lot going on in the mm. day. You know, you're kind of trying to balance the styling with the photography and making sure that you're getting all the shots required. Mm. And then, of course, videography comes in as well. Mm. So just trying to capture some movement yeah. throughout the shots as well. And then trying to get all the shots on that day on mm. location. So you move fairly quickly, mm. but there's a great buzz on shoot days and the client feeds off that yeah, too. Exactly. And it's great to see their excitement and how proud they are mm. of their business too. Mm. And seeing mm. it in like, you know, seeing it through fresh eyes. And then comes the editing. I'm such a creative that like, I suppose the editing process for me is a bit, oh, yeah. and I did try and outsource it once or twice, but I'm such a perfectionist and probably a control freak that yeah. it took so long to communicate what I wanted, yeah. Geraldine, that it wasn't worth it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So now I, I just do it. And I suppose like sometimes a client will want reels made as well. Mm. Sometimes they'll just want the clips. So that is kind of a lengthy process. Mm. You know, it's part of it all. and. It's really exciting when you share it with the client okay, okay. and I suppose then they launch it on their website and social media and I suppose seeing the reaction it gets from the public mm. is great. And then another type of styling that I offer is personal styling. So okay. be it wardrobe edits or styling outfits with the clothes you already have mm. or spotting bits that you might need to create those looks or if you have a special event. Luckily, I've been, you know, so busy on the branding side mm. of things. The personal styling thing is still something that I'm, I suppose, looking to expand mm. on, but all in good time. I, I, know. I, I have two small girls and there doesn't ever seem to be enough time. I know. Lots of opportunity there and lots of time. Lots of room for expansion. Lots so. of room for expansion. Okay. And how would you describe your style? What do you take inspiration from? So I suppose when it comes to my own personal style or mm. it's changed a lot. Mm. And I think after having children, it even changed again. I suppose, you know, you're dealing with a whole new body shape. Mm. And I must say I struggled a lot to mm. try and find my style after mm. kids. And it just takes a while. Mm -hmm. And it was happening all through COVID. That's when I kind of had my babies. So Everyone lost their, their style. There was yeah. all like leggings and tracksuits. And I suppose now we're a while out of it and we're back to buying, I suppose, more, you know, your staple mm. pieces. Mm. So that's what I'm kind of investing in now, like lovely jeans, a good blazer, uh, good quality shoes. And then I have fun with my accessories. Okay. But yeah, I've, I've really changed and gone for more of the kind of capsule dressing. Okay. And then I suppose weekend style, we're living in West Cork. So it's always going to be very like relaxed mm. and kind of outdoor mm. friendly. But I think you can still look, you know, fashionable through, you know, hat wear yeah. or, you know, a nice kind of gilet or whatever over your hoodie or leggings. Um, there's ways to kind of have fun. I've never seen you look bad anyway. Even when you're out walking, my like, God, look at her. She looks oh, amazing. Sure. <laughs> Thank you for that. But um, no, I just, I, I do love it. And I suppose that's what I'm trying to come back to more mm. and more. I suppose, as you heard, it all began mm. with fashion for mm. me. Mm. So I suppose I would just love to develop 
the personal styling mm. even more okay. because I suppose that's where the passion for fashion began. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, passion yeah, fashion. It, yeah. Gigi Carr. <laughs> Very good. So, yeah. And in terms of, say, product styling, how would you describe your style for that? Yeah, I suppose for brand styling, I'm very natural in my approach. Mm. As I said, I'm a natural light photographer. I like to use, you know, lots of, you know, natural elements like greenery and flowers. And then my props always have lots of texture. So, you know, be it mohair throws Mm. or like rattan baskets or nice wooden earthy tones, props like that, just to bring out the kind of natural elements and not to take, I suppose, too much of yeah. the shine off the, the product that you're highlighting. Mm. You know, luckily, there's just some amazing brands that I've worked with here in West Cork. And I suppose after being away, you appreciate, you know, and what Ireland has to offer and the craftsmanship in these products and the mm. quality of the products. I really like the brands that I can kind of focus on the kind of heritage styling, mm. you know, and tell that story of, and I suppose, the experience you can have when staying in these private homes that I style. Mm. And then for like, you know, product styling, I think it's always less is more. Mm. It's always, you know, using kind of more natural elements so that the product can really stand out. Mm-hmm. We're so lucky that we've got so many amazing products here locally to uh, to work with. Mm. Very good. What is your process when working on a project? You mentioned there that you use mood boards. Do you also veer towards digital side of things or is it mainly mood boards that you would go? Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely a mix. So I'll begin with a walkthrough, figure out, you know, their wants and needs, and then I'll come back and I'll start, you know, brainstorming on how I could see this photo shoot going and what could really highlight their business. So I'll begin mood boarding on Pinterest and Mm. just adding loads of shots and you can get carried away on that yeah. easily. And I always try and like go back then and just call images and really come back to like what I think is right for that client because the client can get overwhelmed by yeah, so many images too, much, yeah. too. So then I'll put that into like a media proposal that I'll always use Canva for. Mm. Yeah, Canva is mm. a great tool even for planning your posts mm. on social mm. media. So I'll put that forward for the client to review and it's always met with great feedback. Mm. Mm. So that'll be the plan for the photo shoot. And then if there's props, you know, needed to be sourced, you know, I'll do that. And the date is set and and that's how it all, all begins. All begins. Okay. okay. And the relationship there with your customer, it's obviously very important as they're trusting you to visualize their product in the best possible light. What is your process for balancing a client's existing brand identity with creating something new and fresh? Is your process negotiated with the client or dictated by the client? It's very much a collaborative effort. Mm-hmm. You're like, like you said, I meet with them and, you know, a, a brand, if someone's brand is so personal. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're definitely, you know, all ears and listening to them on what's important, what they want highlighted. But they're also hiring you for your expertise. Yes. Yeah. And with a lot of these smaller brands, you know, they wouldn't have the budget dedicated to a whole like marketing team. So. Mm-hmm. I suppose they're looking to you to come up with everything mm. that, that their marketing requires. Mm. That's something that I'm happy okay. to do for them. Okay. It's very much collaboration as such. Yeah. And then okay. they get involved on the shoot day. A lot of clients, you know, especially on location, uh, they love to get involved yeah. on the shoot days. And it's it's great fun seeing it through their eyes. You okay. Know, as well. okay. 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 And can you share some behind the scene insights into how to plan and execute a branding photo shoot? 
Yeah, so I will, as I said, I use Pinterest to mood board and then I'll use Canva for my client proposal. And then it'll, you know, I'll go to my go to's. Like I have my own props kind of built up over Mm. the years, but sometimes it requires extra. So like for interior styling, the client may specify that they want, you know, new soft furnishings. Mm. So I'll go and I'll purchase them. I actually recently reached out to um, an Irish brand and it's something I want to do more and more of because I suppose in the States you were just, you know, buying, buying, buying. Mm. But here I think there's so many amazing brands that you could collaborate with and use on photo shoots. So mm. I, I used John Hanley's beautiful uh, throws. Mm. He's um, based in Tipperary mm. on like a period home that we were styling. And it just added like a beautiful, like, again, natural element and texture to the shots. And the fact that it was, you know, an Irish brand Mm. featuring in another Irish brand, Mm. there was like a lovely Mm. collaboration there. So it's definitely something I want to do more of. Mm -hmm. So we've got some amazing producers here. Mm -hmm. Make the most of them. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And establishing a strong personal brand image on social media is crucial for business owners especially ones in the creative field. Can you describe your process for defining and maintaining your own personal brand? It's an area everyone struggles with. But I suppose if I'm offering brands, you know, how to overhaul their social media, my own needs to look right. So something that I started recently is batch making content and scheduling it in advance. Mm -hmm. And it's a great tip. Like I feel, you know, if you have a day or two between gigs, you need to focus on your marketing. Mm. And I've started putting even a folder together in my phone of like behind the scenes content, anything that I could use to market my brand mm. so that I'm not having to go back through a ton of photos mm. in my phone and batch maker content. And then Instagram allows you. I remember I used to buy all these apps for scheduling mm. content, but Instagram has become so good at yeah. being able to offer all of that. So yeah, scheduling your posts you know, two and three weeks, um, you know, a month, ideally ahead of time so that you're consistently posting, not like too much, mm. but I think, you know, once or twice a week, obviously Instagram wants you posting videos daily, but mm. you know, mm. that's just hard to do. Yeah, exactly. So I, that's what I do. That's okay. my approach. And I I also recently divided my personal styling and brand styling. I think I'm kind of a perfectionist and mm. it was nearly inhibiting me posting because I was like, if someone looking for brand styling, let's say for their hotel is coming onto my page and they see how to style a shirt, mm. it was kind of like a mixed message. Mm. I think you need to be able to see what that person is selling mm. very clearly in the first, you know, nine photos. Mm, mm. So I moved the personal styling aside and now I feel like this is freedom again. Mm. There's no confusion mm. and it's not inhibiting me posting mm, anymore mm, mm. and obviously staying cohesive in my aesthetic mm, mm. on social media. That kind of heritage, natural, you know, focusing on Irish designers okay. and I suppose the beauty of West Cork. Okay. I just okay. love to highlight all of that. Very good. Yeah. And what do you think are the most common mistakes people make in styling? personal style, brand styling or an interior styling? I'm not one to like critique. You know? <laughs> no, but I think it's so personal, you know, yeah. and everyone is unique. But I will say, I suppose, in this whole social media age where there's influencers selling something mm. every second minute, 
I've seen so many clients fall down that rabbit hole of just buying something they saw influencer Amy mm, wear mm. and they bring it back and they have nothing in their wardrobe that it goes with mm. or it mightn't even suit them. Exactly. Yeah. So I suppose a rule of thumb I always say is, you know, do two edits a season mm-hmm. of your closet, get everything out and put all your like product, your like pieces together. Mm. So be it your tops and then by passion and like a client recently had 12 stripey tops mm-hmm. and she was like on her list to buy was stripey tops and I was like well now we clearly see you don't need stripey mm-hmm. tops so there's that and also I suppose a good guide is you know whatever you want to purchase can you make three outfits out of that piece okay. without having to buy anything else mm-hmm. is a good rule of thumb and in terms of brand styling brand styling again I suppose coming back to social media it's so important that you kind of get a sense of that brand on mm. their page. It's it's your shop front mm. these days. So just kind of keeping your your look cohesive and consistent, be it your, you know, colouring, typography, whatever you use, that it just represents your brand okay. well. And then I suppose in terms of interiors, clutter. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's it's free. It's mm. the biggest, you know, it has a huge impact without costing you anything. Mm. Just declutter mm, 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 mm. Um, and let the room and speak. And then you can go back and, and add in, but always just strip back first. OK, good, good tip there. <laughs> I agree with you 100% <laughs> on the clutter. And what kind of equipment do you use? Cameras, lights and lenses. You were mentioned there that you, you got, you spoke to some photographer friends and they gave you some advice there and maybe getting stuff that was versatile. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a Canon, a mirrorless a Canon EOS or, mm-hmm. and then my lens is um, a zoom lens, 24 to 70 millimeters. So it can do like, you know, your close up food photography with mm-hmm. a lovely blurred background, or it can take like your interior photography, big rooms, also portraits. So, you know, camera equipment is expensive. Mm-hmm. So this way I can shoot all different subjects. So yeah, great advice from them. Very good. Very good. And with your photography, do you do post-processing to get the look and feel that you want? Or is the look created in the setup with minimal editing done afterwards? You mentioned there you're not a fan of the whole editing. Yeah, like it's so important, especially when you're a natural light photographer. And if I'm at a location where I suppose the rooms are darker, Mm. You definitely need your kind of processing mm. to kick in. And I use Adobe Lightroom for that. Mm. I'll usually take three different exposures and then merge them afterwards. But I definitely try and like stay as natural as possible. Mm. I am a stylist first and foremost. So it's all about setting up the scene mm-hmm. from the beginning mm-hmm. and getting the look and feel. And then I suppose tweaking the light okay. afterwards. Okay. Okay. It's all about the setup. Okay. Very good. And is Instagram and social media the most important tool at your disposal to get the word out about your business? Or does the more traditional route of word of mouth play a part? It's funny. It's it's definitely a mix. Mm-hmm. But I think styling for brands, it's definitely been word of mouth and mm-hmm. referral based. And on the personal styling side of things, it's definitely more social media. Mm. But, you know, as I said, in the States, it was all about who you know mm. and your relationships with people. So it's just so important. It's definitely something I want to focus more on networking. Okay. Okay. You know, so many of my clients have come on a referral basis mm, mm. and even other creatives in the industry, 
who have you know been working with clients have recommended me so that's mm. been lovely mm, mm, mm. so yeah definitely and I suppose when you're from like a small community like clan mm. you know it's it's very much about you know your relationships and okay. and networking okay very good you're currently in the middle of building your own house with effectively a blank canvas to style do you have to rein yourself in with a project like that or is it full steam ahead Oh, I wish I wish there was like a limitless budget. Mm. It's a crazy time to be building. And, you know, I suppose what I'm concentrating on is getting, you know, the big things right. Mm. So I obsessed over the roof. We did like a standing seam roof and I obsessed over the windows, like Mm -hmm. these slim black windows. And now that they're all in, I suppose I'm moving on to the next. But getting, I suppose, the things that will be there for a long time. Right. Yeah. And I suppose all the soft furnishings, everything that can be done down the line yeah exactly it's been quite confronting you know I suppose as a stylist in my eye for things like my perfectionistic tendencies it's been hard when it's your own house yeah 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 absolutely yeah yeah but yeah I'm just excited to get in there now and and really start making it a home I suppose like the most important thing is to get the big things right as you say the things that can't be changed or would be difficult to change and the rest, you can just add your flair as you go. Yeah. You know, we we flipped a house in Boston mm. and it was all about, you know, there's ways to do things on a budget as mm, well, mm, you know. Mm. And that's where I suppose you see your true talent come mm, into play, mm, you know, mm. how you can make it look expensive on a, on a smaller budget. Mm, 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 exactly. OK. And if you were starting out again, what advice would the present you give the past you? I suppose when it comes to, you know, setting up my own business here I suppose all those like self-doubt moments Mm. it's I heard of something actually on social media and it was take the actions of the person that you want to become would take and don't wait for your feelings so like you know if you want to have your own styling and photography business you know start doing the work Mm. and the paid work will come Mm, mm, mm. you know I suppose I have the experience it's just you know that ego getting in mm. the way and mm. I suppose just you know believing in yourself mm. Mm. and then it's so hard as you know I suppose a female owned business every time you have a child and you go on your maternity leave mm. you know it's like starting all over I again know, from yeah. scratch mm. so you're off for nine ten months mm. you know there's no one else to keep the show on the road so it's like you're relaunching a business mm. all over again yeah but there's no more babies now for <laughs> Ever. <laughs> no, we're full steam ahead now on okay. Michelle Coughlin Enterprises. Very good, very good. And could you share any advice or tips for individuals looking to pursue a career in styling, especially in a smaller market like Ireland? Well, I would say definitely just get your experience. It's always going to be unpaid. Mm-hmm. But if you're really passionate about it, you know, get out and start assisting people on shoots and see do you like it. Also, like you can't ignore the experience you can gain internationally working for these big brands big budgets it's amazing exposure and Mm. experience and I credit so much of it to to where I am now Mm. Mm -hmm. okay and what are your future plans so I suppose my plans for the future so I definitely want to work on networking more you know Mm. I suppose we're long out of COVID now and I definitely need to integrate into more creative groups and mm. seeing what's out there because um, I really enjoyed that in the mm. States, especially when you work for yourself. I also want to upskill. There's been a lot of clients asking for drone photography. Yes. So it's something I want to add to my 
kit and skill set. And I suppose I also want to develop the personal styling side of the mm, business. Mm, mm, mm. That's where really my true passion lies. Mm, mm. I think having the mix of both is fab, you yeah. know, being able to help brands and learn about these amazing businesses, but also having that kind of intimate personal styling relationship. Okay. It's kind of the best of both, really. That's it. That's it. Exactly. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for joining us on the Cork Creative Podcast. If you want to find more about Michelle and her styling services, you can find links to her socials and website on corkcreative.ie. Thanks so much, Jerry.